we could talk about the game awards or not (laughs) (laughs) the the game ads Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean the new some of the news that came out of the the game awards. The game ads can't spell awards without a war. Ads, ads and war. Ads. <laughs> wow, that's bleak. <laughs> can't spell awards without ads and war. Let's see. Uh, yep, it's literally all the letters. <laughs> yeah, I know. The Game Awards adds war. I, Andrew, I'm disappointed that the English major took this long <laughs> to get that. I'm just a little bit on the tired side, my guy. It's, it feels like it has been several Mondays crammed into one. I also just felt like I really didn't want it to be true. What's that? Oh, the 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 awards thing? I mean, I think we could all <laughs> wish that that wasn't the way it was. You don't think it be how it is, but it do, but it do, you know? But it do. It will always be that way. Thank you. For reminding us, JJ. Hello and welcome to We Were Gamers, the podcast. Not about the Game Awards, unlike every other gaming podcast. What do we have to say about it? Well, all the media that covered it said it sucked. <laughs> I think all the media That's, covering it why, said it was too long, we... which then automatically rules us out from having anything to say about it. We ain't got that kind of time. <laughs> and then oh, second, was, they what, said it was four hours ads. long. Yeah, it was like it was like an was Oscars telecast, long. which is ridiculous. Yeah, and it had thirty minutes to forty minutes, depending on who you asked, of. Of actual award and awarding time. And the worst and I think most damning thing that I saw as a review of it was that about half the awards were given away in what they called the speed run round, where they just gave away 16 awards in under four minutes. Yeah, that definitely. Why bother? More of the three hours. You're right. It is. I don't know. I don't really want to get to. I mean. I, so some here's good, my some my good take, games right? won. Some good games were nominated. There was definitely a hullabaloo over what constitutes an indie game these days, which I think was kind of interesting discussion in a very light kind of way. Like, is Annapurna an independent developer? Well, they weren't the developer of the game they sponsored, but the game developer that made the game was. So who can say? I mean, I think the you know, I think we all agree on this podcast that words have meaning. I would hope. And that if I assume the independent game argument comes down to the what does independent mean? Yeah, well, the Game Awards right. took the tack of it cost a certain amount of money or looked a certain way, right? Versus this was made in someone's basement by three people without digital funding. I think the other thing is that uh, the company that made the one that stirred all the controversy is a company owned by Nexon who who are a massive conglomerate that own, you know, millions and millions of dollars worth of game studios. I want to turn up Michael's reaction to that one. Just just (laughs) the internet can hear it louder, which then makes you say independent question mark. I get that the, this game didn't cost a lot of money, but like, 
it's like you know you work for the what you know like yeah exactly you work for like a huge publisher who's who are you independent from you know so i i understand that argument and i'm i'm here to I'm here to listen because I don't understand the ins and outs of the gaming industry and I don't want to be, you know, telling people they can't give this award to those people. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's probably it on the game awards. We should do some housekeeping up front. I think this is our last episode for the year with JJ and a full compliment of on the podcast, but it won't be our last podcast of the year. Michael and I will be here. And then we did some little a little a teaser for you guys. There's maybe a, a Star Trek episode coming out to fill one of the voids. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. J- Michael, are you guys caught up on Lower Decks? Oh, uh, we haven't started. There are four seasons of fantastic comedy half hour television just waiting for you on Paramount. I know. Oh, Paramount Plus. Well, that's that's a problem right there. <laughs> I mean, I look, Michael, I understand. <laughs> However, it's really good. <laughs> like it is. Subscribe for like two months, watch all the lower decks and then unsubscribe. Send I think a message. They even have you a know? deal right now. They have they have a Black Friday deal you could get in on. I think it's just the end of the year until next year until they sell enough of them deal. Right? Uh yeah. Okay. There's also maybe JJ a Diablo one in there. We managed to somehow squeeze in. Hell yeah again. <laughs> Hell yeah two. Hell yeah four. The the rehelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was a lot of uh heck talk in that one. That's a joke for if you listen to that one where I started off by saying heck because I thought it was funny because I say it for COTC. Uh but then realized it was getting very tiresome in the middle of the game, literally about hell. And then it's literally like every fourth word <laughs> when you're dealing with Diablo. Yeah, well, just like previous Diablos, we got to go to the, the place and do the thing, and that place happens to be hell. Good. Somehow good, always good, comes yeah. back to hell, you know? It, well, yeah. There's anyway, a, some sort of statement in there. If folks want to listen to those things, they're coming. Yeah. Uh, JJ, I have a question for you. Yes. If we go in every Diablo game to hell and we destroy it every time, but it keeps being rebuilt, uh huh. Is it still you- hell? I think you've missed the point in that we don't destroy hell. Hell is a place in that uh-huh. world. You know, uh-huh. you're destroying uh-huh. the creatures. Okay. And then, so like, if we you know, destroy, if we destroy Mephisto, spoilers. Well, we put him in the Soul Stone and then we smash the Soul Stone in Diablo 2. That happened. And then he right? reconstitutes. Spoilers himself. for Diablo 2, a 30 year old game. <laughs> and then he reconstitutes himself. Is he still Mephisto? Uh, I think. You know, they they would have you believe, yes, or are you trying to make some kind of ship of Theseus argument? I uh, think Michael needs to weigh in on that. Yeah. So uh, I got some questions for you guys. Should, should we have a food minute here? It's your it's your food minute, my man. We, we okay. do love food minutes. Or have you been replaced by by what you eat? By a different <laughs> version of myself. 
When you use the transporter, are you dying and being cloned or? I'm very excited to have gotten physics of Star Trek from from the library, the place where they give you books for free. Shout them out. Um, so, yeah, we um, we ordered out dinner over the weekend and um, I, I got a little deep while while eating my sandwich. Uh, so I'll start, I guess, with the, uh, the pre the presentation inspired sandwich or sandwich question, which is when you, um, when you make a sandwich for yourself, right? Picture sandwich, standard slices of bread off of a loaf. If you go to cut the sandwich after it's made, like you're not going to pick it up and eat it whole. How do you cut it? Just in general. I guess, what's the bread? Just, uh, I don't know, assume uh, assume you're eating uh, turkey on wheat, right? You have two slices, of, two slices of bread off of a normal-sized loaf of wheat bread, like bought from the grocery store. Yeah, I think that's an important distinction, and the reason you said that makes a, uh, makes a difference, right? So, like, yes. me personally, if I was doing this, I would be taking the knife... And running it, not uh, separating the top half of the loaf of bread from the bottom half of the loaf of bread. Not that that's like right or just or anything. It's just like the way I've kind of always done it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my children force me to cut theirs uh, long longitudinally, not latitudinally like JJ. Oh, so you're setting the left half of the bread from the right half of the bread? That's that's the way that they prefer. They do not like the fact that I often cut mine diagonally. That was what I was about to ask. Do you okay. do the diagonal? Yeah, I do. I, I prefer on a... This is why I asked about this, because if it's a loaf of sandwich bread, I prefer the diagonal. It is If okay. it's some sort of like sourdough bowl that has been repurposed into sandwich bread... I'll just do the longitudinal cut. And then, you know, if you're talking like hoagies, we're in a whole different scenario. Sure. Yeah. Sure, can't, yeah, yeah. Can't compare that. That's just. Uh -huh. Right. So I, I got to thinking about this um, because I started thinking about how I normally cut sandwiches because the sandwich that I got was cut into thirds. I've seen quarters. <laughs> I ain't seen right. and so that's that's where I went with it, and that's huh? where that's where I got exponential sandwiches from. Is that I was thinking about well, if I cut my sandwich in half, that's standard. I guess I could cut it in half again, yeah. right? And make uh, and make quarters. Yeah, if I were making tea sandwiches, I might cut all of those in half to make eight, right? But it's always powers of two. It's one, two, four, or eight. Like if I had a standard size loaf of sandwich bread, those are the numbers. But thirds. Yeah, How is it, it, they cut it in thirds. So they cut it. They they cut it longitudinal, left to right in thirds. So you had the left side, you had a middle section, and you had the right side. That's wait, wrong. whoa! They used the knife twice and made like a left, a left side, a they right striped, side, and then they striped your sandwich. Yeah, they striped it in the middle, uh -huh. right? So there's two yeah. like two parallel cuts. Here's the yes. problem with that. The okay, middle did section they, is going to be a floppy mess. Yeah, it's going to be horrible. Also, it, it, did they just mess up and like cut way too far over and they're like, oh, damn, 
And then just like, <laughs> did it again. Yeah, the only <laughs> they're just like, YOLO. <laughs> wrapped it up. I could, I could see if I could find a picture of anyone else posting the sandwich and tell you for sure. But there's there's no way to know. They That might have been the case. But no, it wasn't. So the bread was toasted enough that it wasn't a mess. That middle stripe had enough enough structural integrity to keep everything together. Okay. Because I'm going to guess the argument Andrew is about to posit for his diagonal cutting is the crust holding bread sandwich ingredients thing, right? Uh, I think that's the only reason you would do a diagonal cut. I other than, I guess, the aesthetics. find that when I make a home sandwich, not everything is like perfectly sized for making a non-mounded-in-the-middle situation, right? Like, it's hard to get everything spread out correctly, and yeah. uh, it's much easier for me to create a sandwich that is uh, less mounded and has a big bulge in the middle if it's going to be cut diagonally. I gotcha. Okay. okay. I, mean, I mean, that makes sense. Sure, if you're using, like, leftover turkey or whatever, it's mm-hmm. you're just going to end up with a pile because... That's what happens. I also am a weird person that tends to enjoy on the diagonal when you have those kind of like thin corners on the sides. I think that's just kind of fun. Yeah, like I said, aesthetics are totally allowed, right? You can just have it if you think the triangles are cool. Like, Mm -hmm. heck yeah, man. You don't have these huge corners of empty bread. I like bread. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good. It's so, it's good that you it's good that you say that, JJ. Oh no, go ahead, Andy. Oh, I was gonna oh. say so I've I've made this triple cut before when preparing a grilled cheese to have six segments, right? Like one, two, three, and then slice latitudinally to make six. Okay. But that's a grilled cheese on like sourdough, like a big piece of sourdough. Yeah, I was gonna say I could believe it if the piece is like, yeah, like a a sourdough. Um, I don't know what are they like a a bull, a bull. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and you like you get one of those middle pieces where the bread is literally like two feet long, and you're just like, all right, <laughs> we can't eat this. I was one. Like, we got to do something here. Um, but yeah, just like a normal piece of like standard size loaf that would just create a weird dynamic. Can we I think. can we just have some uh, a moment of appreciation for the French and naming. A, a literal ball of bread ball it's a ball of bread enjoy <laughs> just eat this ball all right then i will <laughs> all right Good. very smart yeah so i'm glad i'm glad you brought up the bread though because that leads into question number two okay uh the so the sandwich that i got was a cuban sandwich oh okay and a uh cubano huh yeah, yeah, it was a good sandwich. Um but it was served instead of being on standard Cuban bread, which is admittedly very hard to very hard to get out here on the West Coast, right? It was served on sourdough. Oh. Right? It was still a good sandwich. Like the the pork was was well cooked, it wasn't dry. The pickles were good. The mustard was good. Like all the filling was good. It was just served on sourdough instead of on Cuban bread, which got me to thinking. Was it pressed still? No, it had just been. I don't think it had been pressed. I think it had just been toasted or grilled. Huh. Could have been grilled. Like 
some other kind of thing, man. Yeah. Well, and so that's the question, right? Is if if in my head the bread that it's on is inherent to a Cuban sandwich, did what I have still meet the definitions of a Cuban sandwich? If all of the everything on the sandwich was what you would find on a Cuban sandwich, but the bread was different. Hmm. Is it still a Cuban sandwich? And it's I could I could come up with examples. Is I could is come up Cuban? with examples either way. So so the problem with this is you could say something like is if, if it does it change the sandwich if it's one ingredient changed, right? And then you go through the sandwich and you're like, okay, if I take off the pickles, is it still a Cuban sandwich? If I take out the cheese, you know, like if you from the main sandwich, not from the one that you were eating. Right. But like each, yeah. each change you make. Um this is this is one of those like trying to reason from first principles what a sandwich is and you end up with like hot dogs or sandwiches right (laughs) versus you know like the strict definition of every single piece shall be exactly the right thing and then you have the thing or the problem is you're trying to see how much you can replace before it's no longer a cubano-esque sandwich right oh i don't like mustard so there's no mustard it's like well that's pretty integral to the flavor profile right or yeah take off the pickles well what are we doing here even yeah um that's a tough one i feel that the the lack of the panini press is upsetting me in this instance Uh, yeah that's part of my problem because yeah i'm sure they toasted both sides of the bread right it's not like it was only toasted on one side yeah, and it might have it might have been pressed, right? They might have put it into it didn't have the the lines from like a griddle press, but it might have just been in a flat press. Here's here's the problem though, is there's a lot of places that specialize in a bread. And and specifically this is I'm going to say the bread because the other parts of it I think are easier to judge. If you take the ham out, it's not a cubano, right? If it's not yeah. if it's not ham or roasted pork or some kind of like that type of thing. You can make a Cubano-style sandwich with chicken, but it's not a Cubano. Like, if you use beef barbacoa instead, it's the new it's, sandwich. It's, yeah, new, it's sandwich. new sandwich. Yeah, sure. if you took the pickles out, it's probably not a Cubano. If you took the Swiss cheese out, it's probably not a Cubano. But the, the problem I'm having is specifically the bread, and it's because a lot of restaurants probably rightfully focus on one or two types of bread or they should maybe and so bread ends up a more replaceable thing and you'll have a restaurant themed at making panini style sandwiches that doesn't have cuban bread or you know for every single thing or you know, they'll use one type of bread with different themes underneath to throw in the panini press. So that's a tough one. I think bread is somewhat replaceable. Although sourdough specifically taking over for very light. To, I feel like there's a better option in sour, than sourdough to replace Cuban bread. Right. Like, you know, white I mean, French bread. bread? Like, why not French just bread? use like, yeah, French, French bread? bread. <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, focaccia. focaccia? Maybe pretty pretty crusty difference in in focaccia, I think. But yeah, 
Yeah. Certainly. The, the issue I have with sourdough here is that sourdough has such a flavor, you know, that yeah. other breads don't have that putting into that, which I guess maybe would go with the pickles or something is the thinking. The, like, the pickles and the mustard, right? Each have their own strong flavor that hold up against the sourdough, right? They don't I, fight I, it. Yeah. I would have preferred they try to replace it with a bread in style. Right. Mm-hmm. Something more French bready. Mm. That's my opinion. There you go. So no, not with sourdough. It's not a coupon. Here we go. Not a not a crime. To be clear, no, Obviously, no, none of it. None yeah. of it was a crime. These are these We're not are arguing. Crime wood sandwich yeah. questions. Would still eat. I would order it again. <laughs> the answer is apparently not the bread. Well, but I think that I think that in this case, yeah, I, I think it's one of those like arguments where you can't apply that universally because I bet there are some sandwiches you could change the wheat bread for, you know, uh, rye or something and be like, ah, yeah, okay. Sure. And I think it's I think it's one of those things where it it depends on whether or not the type of bread is inherent in the definition of the sandwich. Right. Yeah. The style. That's the thing, though. Right. Like the style of the bread is inherent to the sandwich and they changed the style of the bread. Right. I think is is when you really nail down what's wrong with the visceral reaction of like, I don't feel like it's a Cubana's because sourdough in general is not inherent to a lot of those types of sandwiches. Um, what's that right, one? It's like, French. Well, it's like if I were going to JJ, if I were going to serve you a BLT on rye, as opposed to telling you, I'm going to serve you a torta on rye. One of those sounds wrong to you. Yeah. I'd be like, I like tortas, but this isn't a torta because there's no torta here. Right. Well, so like, <laughs> Well, like one of them, I go to it's it's a very simple sandwich and you can't change it too much type of sandwiches is a jambon burr, which is a French bread. A wow. Baguette. Love in the French today. Just like <laughs> well, just, throw it all it's, in. It's a it's a this is why it's a baguette. With uh, French ham. And uh, cultured butter. Those are the three things on it. And if you, I mean, there's nowhere to go with that. There's no, right. And so it's like, if you put sourdough on that, it's like, well, that's not that the idea is to make this tiny little thing that you hold in your hand that comes on a baguette you get from the, you know, like there's a, right. There's for some types of food and sandwiches, I guess, seem to be a touch point for it. There's a functional need for the type of bread or the you know the simplicity or whatever it defines the sandwich the sourdough doesn't fill that rule but uh i think it's real yeah (laughs) will shohei otani define the dodgers are they changing out there they've started making trades have they changed their bread does everyone not think that it's BS that he just gets to ignore so much of his contract in the in the uh, the like balance calculations? That's this we're all cool with that. 
this is uh, something I had hoped uh, for us to talk about when the news came out today. Mm-hmm. The first news was, oh my God, they signed him for $700 million. And then the contract details leaked about four hours before this podcast. And I have to wonder how the heck Major League Baseball is okay with it. I would so, be I would be spitting on the floor mad if I were one of the other World Series contenders out there. So uh this is very Padres specific, but there was news that leaked today saying that in the past when the Padres uh attempted to make offers to Aaron Judge, was it last year that he was on the that he signed that big contract? I think it was. Yes, I think so. That sounds right. Oh, sounds right. Uh, Apparently, the Padres had attempted to offer him four hundred million over like fourteen years or something, essentially like really padding out the length of the contract, but still giving him more money overall to the point where like Major League Baseball apparently didn't actually do it, but said that you know like it came at, came to light that if he had accepted that deal, which again he didn't do and didn't really have any intention of doing, no, he if was he had up the money he got from the Yankees, right? It, yeah. Probably, but the but if he had accepted the deal that MLB would have stepped in and said, no, 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 the Padres are trying to subvert the the luxury tax here. This isn't allowed. And then they go ahead and allow this deal with Otani, which is literally designed bald facedly subverting the luxury tax. I don't see how that can even be considered fair, but like the Dodgers must have some really good lawyers or something. It's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Who knows? I can't imagine why he wanted to be paid two million a year for ten years, and then chance at all chance that somehow, some way, some part of that contract doesn't preclude that he gets the rest of that money if he gets injured or doesn't make it to the Something. end of the ten years. Or I, I mean, I believe it says that the money is all guaranteed. Andrew, he gets the money. I know, it's, but it feels like it feels like one of those things where like something could happen. You know what I mean? I understand there's someone smarter than me that designed this contract. Yeah, it, what it really feels like is, you know, he doesn't need the money. That's the answer here, right? He is personally rich with TV deals in Japan and sponsorships and stuff like that, where he doesn't care about the salary. He wants to yeah, win. He wants, he wants baseball. to ring. Yeah. And so because he doesn't have any pressure to like, you know, pay debts, buy houses, do any of this stuff, you know, he's just like, whatever, what's like the legal minimum we can make and get away with so that I can win. And then you can give me all the money that I need and am owed later after, you know, my 57th surgery or whatever. and I stop being a useful player at age 47 <laughs> or whatever. And then I yeah. get $500 million for the rest of my life. What poor team. Do the Dodgers try to trade this guy to at year eight of this contract? You know, the funny thing is that I wonder if he still has that big backloaded amount of money. Are they going to not be able to get rid of him because no one's going to take it off their hands? Who would? Yeah, no one would, would, right? Well, but if the Dodgers are just like... That's a better question. Yeah, no one can afford that. The Yankees. The Yankees could afford it. And it's the kind of thing they might do. Well, I was going to say, what if, you know, depend again, the, the vagaries of legalese, who knows, but like, what if the Dodgers are just always on hook for all that money at the end and they just trade him away <laughs> or like, you know, 
basically hitting hitting peanuts against the other team's contracts, well, it's right? The, it's the college coach dilemma, right? Exactly. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't understand how it's not manipulation of the luxury tax. It thousand percent is. There's no other reason to have done it like this, right? It's like, oh, I'm saving the Dodgers money so they can build a team around me or whatever. That's literally manipulating the luxury tax. That's what that is. I mean, there. I I hope the Dodgers win in eight straight titles, uh, and I say this as a an Angels, uh, unfortunate loyalist. I mean, I'm just <laughs> we don't have fans anymore until Art Moreno leaves. Uh, we have people who are tortured. To have, it's the word. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, as in, there's a political environment where maybe I don't want to really confirm, compare myself to a hostage currently uh, in the world. I mean, I, my hope is that, uh, you know, as a person who has to be in the same division as this guy, uh, I hope that uh, he, you know, rehabs, gets better, and then just every time he shows up in our park, gets homered on constantly. <laughs> well, he can't and, even pitch till 2025. He, right, I have to assume the National League and probably the Dodgers pushed for the DH for, for this purpose. They've wanted him since he was a high school player. And they promised him when he was a high school player that they were going to get the DH for the National League. And they, he still wouldn't play for them until it happened. So they better win eight straight, and then they're going to lose for the next 20 years after that. So this is the thing, Andrew. The 20 years after that don't count against the cap. I understand. That's the BS part. Like, yeah, like, I hope they lose for 20 years after they win eight straight or whatever. But, like, you know, the the other thing I saw was, like, this is this would be the greatest uh way to spend so much money to lose in the first round of the playoffs every year. Yeah. Uh, Which the Dodgers have been known to do. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I don't know. We're all a bunch of salty fans here. I understand, uh, getting, uh, I, I knew, and I have known for a long time. My team was losing him. I didn't do look. He didn't do anything. That wasn't amazing on the Angels. He did everything perfect, right? And they still couldn't win. So, young man, go somewhere else where they, they can use you properly. Yeah, get yours. I don't don't stay oh, here, look, even as no a fan is, of the team. No one is blaming him, right? Like the, the no. player. I assume no one can blame no. him in this. No, I would. We can all be happy to blame the Dodgers. They're the Dodgers. Well, yeah. Now we can blame the Dodgers. Um. And just literally Major League Baseball for allowing $680 million to not count against a team. I, it's, they, in, it's inherent in the name. How did we not see it? Yeah, the tax dodgers. Oh, the tax dodgers. <laughs> very good. I didn't think of that, Michael. That's very smart. Wow. Yes. You got to imagine whatever the next, like with cba or whatever that comes up mlb has to be looking at this and being like circling the the provisions in red and being like fix 
right? Yeah, I think it is part yeah. of the CBA. So oh, it is. It is. It very much is. Welcome to the Shohei rule in the next round of agreement. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the better comments I saw on on uh, Reddit before flipping to the COTC uh, recap in which everyone literally just complained. What a community. Uh, the, one of the funnier ones I saw was, this is how laws become laws. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. So sure. the the other funny takeaway was, so you're saying one year before he leaves the Dodgers, he asks them to trade him to Texas. Oh, yeah. I, I was no, saying someone. No income someone was, tax. Someone was is like or Florida, right? Who also yeah, has no or, income. Uh, Washington or Oregon? Which one of I can never remember which is which. I think it's Oregon. I think it's Oregon because Seattle. They don't have right? a they don't have a baseball team, so he's got to go to Texas or Florida. Yeah. Or uh, so. Oh no, he could go to the A's by the time he moves off the Dodgers because he could go to Vegas. They don't have income tax there either. Uh, yeah. I, I I saw someone saying like they better he better hope he doesn't want to move back to Japan because the income tax rate no, for, no. is like forty five percent for the top earners there. <laughs> oh, like, so he's never going home. <laughs> no, not until yeah. he retires. Um, uh, th- that that contract is going well past his retirement, so he can't go home even <laughs> then. <laughs> Oh boy, uh, I don't know if Lyra Blockwa will ever go home again. Small update on uh, his Dark Materials spoilers. If you haven't read a twenty-five-year-old book series, is it only twenty-five? It's got to be older than that, no, right? No, it's older no. than that. I think it just—I thought it just hit its thirty. Okay, well, if that—if that's an off the top of my head guess, and I said twenty-five, and it's and Not, it's thirty, yeah, you're in the ballpark though. Published 1995. Okay. Close. The first book. Uh, I finished the second book was the update uh, to this. Boy, they go real quick into, like, uh, explaining all the things. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so this is is the part that we couldn't talk about without spoiling it, is Will and Lyra, when Will first meets... uh, his own demon. Well, and oh, that's in the uh, that's in the third book, I guess, because he has not met a demon yet. But his dad is Stanislaus Grumman, aka John Perry, who does have a demon. So I assume there's a way for people from other Earths to get a demon. Is what's going on there, right? Because he has the osprey, but he's from our Earth. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we did say spoilers before this, right? Yeah. I still, though, after finishing the second book and restarting watching the show, because now I can kind of watch it without too many spoilers, uh, being starting the third book and all, uh, still think that my theory about the opening is correct. And that if you're going to make a show especially one where the movie failed so spectacularly trying to uh, wash out the controversial, right? Um, 
make the show and just assume the people watching it are smart enough to figure out that demons are souls and that this show is going to be about multiple worlds. Like, I don't think that text at the beginning was still a good idea. You know what I mean? You're yeah. talking about the, the, of the show, right? The text yeah. at the beginning telling him like, Hey, multiverse, blah, 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 whatever. This is a multiverse and people's demons are their souls. And, and, and I'm going to explain all the background of everything without explaining the background. I'm cool, especially <clears throat> now that I'm like in the second book and kind of understanding how much there is to do, like, which was your point of like rearranging and starting to explain things a lot faster. Like we're not going to leave the, uh, your dad is this person and your mom is this person until much later. And we're going to. Right. Cause you don't get that reveal until what is it? The very end of the first book. First yeah. book. Yeah. 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 It's like a dad. big turning point. Right. Right. And so you're like, they just explain that at the jump. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Like immediately. That's cool. Um, Making it more clear what the role of the church and all that stuff is is also cool. Um, all the changes so far in the show, I feel like, are really cool. Like, make a lot of sense. But, like, it really still feels like that just putting, like, a bumper at the front explaining the meta story underneath the story that was in the books and just, like, taking it out at that case, right? It just felt cheap still. So that's an update from book two. Book three, uh, I'll do the next update. I think the only uh, comment I have on that is that they maybe rightly were worried about animal cruelty because there is a fair bit of that. And, well, it's not animals they're torturing now. It's souls. And so it's a little different when you think about it that way. Um, That's a really deeper thought than I had ingested. So I, I'll I don't have that. a lot else to say about that. Um, and, you know, you're watching the show. You'll you'll see it. I I think, you know, overall, like, Michael, you saw all of it, right? Did you see the last season? Uh, we So we haven't watched any of it, but I, you know, I've read the books multiple times, but I, okay. I won't have a feel for how they've moved things around. Yeah. So, Andy, I think, you know, yeah, you've seen whatever, however much of the first season you've seen. And I think I agree with you generally that, like, I like the changes that they have made in that show. Yeah. Um, so I'll be curious to hear you guys' takes when you eventually watch it. It's kind of fascinating to see how they're like immediately jumping through stuff and how they uh, added in the storyline of Grumman much earlier in terms of just like in the books, it's like, this is a, a dead guy. And then later on in the first book, it's like, maybe, maybe he's not dead. You know, uh, <laughs> in the in the show from the very beginning, it's like, I need to find this guy. He's alive somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, kind of cool. I, uh, I wonder how much of those changes were driven by like, we cast James McAvoy. We got to get him something to do. Yeah. He still doesn't have that much to do. Him. He does. He, I mean, I'm in episode four and I have barely seen him. Right. He did something at the beginning. So I'm sure that changes. Uh, speaking of third books, Baldur's Gate three, act three. Yeah. Does the game work? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, that's good news because for the longest time, it did not apparently work in Act 3. Many things apparently broke. Uh, I think that probably many things still can break, um, but it hasn't hasn't happened to me. Did you see Larian's recent release of information 
one of the best uses of that uh, EULA that nobody reads, uh, where they can monitor your game and computer and save file and all sorts of stuff for information. Well, they they gathered a bunch of information about how people are playing the game, and uh, oh, they, they put have, these out periodically. Yeah, people have cool. spent more time in the character creator than the entirety of human history. <laughs> <laughs> shared, shared hours that sounds about right yeah oh man pretty the, good uh, yeah it, really the game is really just humming along on all cylinders where have I am you finished there's it? so much so much cool stuff no, no. oh okay I have two major plot threads that I haven't resolved Um, maybe three depending on how you want to like define what counts but yeah, th- there's major stuff I haven't resolved yet, but I resolved a major thing recently and it was extremely cool. Are you kind of happy with where your party's at? Like, are you kind of done with most of the stuff other than the main story? Like you, you've, you've developed your relationships as far as you want to go, or are you going to have to spend 50 hours on that too? No, no, no. The, the relationship stuff, interestingly, kind of develops uh, as you go. So at, at least for me, um, so I didn't have to worry too much about that. I still have some individual quests of party members that have not resolved yet because I just haven't gotten around to doing them yet. Like I said, there's at least a couple of major things that I haven't done yet. Um, and as well as the like final main plot stuff, um, which I'm not clear how I want to tackle yet. Cause one of the things that's cool about this is there's like multiple ways to do everything. And I have at least two different ways to resolve some of the ending things that I see open. Right. So because of ways you've played the game or built your character, those, those kind of things. Um, yes and no, <laughs> I can't, it's hard to say the answer to that because I don't, you know, I did what I did and I can't tell if that stuff would be available to other people. Don't, I don't know, but it, I mean, it, it feels like depending on how duplicitous you wanted to be, there might be more options, but I feel like it's probably, you know, if you pick the right options, I feel like it would be open to anybody. I don't think I had to do any like crazy stuff to get where I am. Nice. Thank you. Might be the only one of us, unfortunately, uh, that has tried a new game in the last week. I know I've been trying to get to the new Warzone. To I know you guys are clamoring to know whether or not it's very good. But other than thank, squeezing, thank you in, for recognizing that about us. Yeah, Andy. yeah, <laughs> I know. I I just wanted. To, I just want to apologize to you both because I know you've just been waiting all week to hear me talk about it and how much you know it's changed since. Warzone one and two and three all being on the same exact engine, but you know, um, I apologize. I promise to get to it. Uh, you know, it's this, it's a dark moment for me, but maybe you can save us, JJ, with a new game. Be be better, Andy. Uh, so, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call what I played new, but I have been playing new to, you. A, new to well, new to me, but also new to the. Uh, the gaming public in this form. Uh, I, I started finally playing a little bit of that new super Mario RPG on the switch. Oh, Oh, very nice. Not new, new, but new. Yeah. New, so I've new and improved. Yeah. So I, I've played a very little to be clear. I've only played like an hour and a half or something. I got through, you know, the little intro. Um, I, you know, uh, have, found mallow and we're like running around looking for his coin or whatever okay yeah so really just barely started um 
but it's cool man like what a cheery fun game it's so nice uh the the graphics look really great and it plays really nice on a switch i'm playing docked i guess i should say i don't have uh any experience in handheld mode so i can't can't answer anything about that um they introduced the new like gauge that they added in the battles okay. um i'm really bad at the timing attacks <laughs> yeah and that's the thing uh, i remember most from the speed runs is like timing those attacks to get out of battles yeah uh they, they sure are good when you hit them i'm uh-huh. sure i'm I sure i'm bad at hitting them <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure as I play more, it will be will be clear. Um, so or become everything more. I've heard is it's relatively faithful from people's memory. I haven't seen direct comparisons yet. Um, there were definitely upgrades and things that changed in the game. But the thing I want to know from your immediate playthrough, I mean, you played a lot of trails and tales and zeros and sky legend. I don't. What's the name of your guys' series? The Legends of Heroes. Ask, ask your question. Okay. <laughs> Does it feel old? You know, it's interesting. I yes, in some respects, right? the The fact that you are moving between screens feels very old. You know, even the Trails games don't do that too much anymore. the you know, The fact that you have, you know. Uh, like a stat screen, the, the very old school menu options. Uh, when you attack, you hit for like five, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I think it is worth pointing out that like, you know, number inflation in RPGs has gone kind of out of control in recent years. Oh, like dude, the, it, tell me about the it. basic yeah. attack at level one still deals like 700 damage. And in this game, it's like, you know, you hit a guy and you hit him for two. <laughs> it, it definitely has a very much like, you know, baby's first rpg vibes in some of those respects um but in terms of the like the feeling of moving around you know playing the rpg part of the rpg it still feels good and the story is just like silly mario stuff which like every mario game ever is so (laughs) right so that that feels kind of timeless right and that part of it feels very much just like Hey, I'm doing a silly Mario thing. There's a sword in the castle for some reason, and Bowser, God knows what happened to him. <laughs> and, you know, we're gonna like this, this guy's crying, and then makes it rain. All right, you can cast lightning. Cool. I like the idea of new new games that feel old but aren't grindy in the old way, right? Yeah, um, I, so like this, to be clear, this really appeals to my. Like, I wonder how much they changed it to remove some of the things that we wouldn't do anymore. But, like, at the same time, moving between screens sounds really fun. Yeah, you know, like, the 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 amount of enemies or anything on screen at once is pretty small. You know, you're just, like, walking. You walk through a little area. It's like, you know, a couple little turns in the path. You turn left or you turn right. You go down a ways. There's a treasure chest. You come back, you go the other way, it's the next screen. You know, maybe there were two monsters in there that you hit and, and had battles. Um, you know, it, it has the foresight to not do random battles, I think, at least as far as I can tell. It's if you walk into the monster on the map, you have a battle. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, that's how that game is. Um, which I feel like all games that do that automatically have, like, feel a lot less old 
than the games that don't do that. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, uh, we had Sea of Stars just win at the Game War ads. And they do that, right? Did they win? Uh, they won for Best Indie. Oh, cool. Yeah. Still well, gotta play that game. Yeah. I, it's on my, <laughs> next up on my list behind add, all the others. Add it to the list, my friends. I I will get to slow down on, just like we've been talking about COTC slowdown, which, uh, may, mm, I don't know. Is there five minutes worth of tavern talk to do? There, I mean, there. We kind of talked through it in our chat earlier today. They're adding some characters. Yeah, it was, a, it was a light one, light little light thing towards the end of the year here. Light, but not bad, you know. Yeah, I think I think that they're going to do kind of what they did last year, which is they they teased us with the next two weeks. There are two weeks in there that they were um, conspicuously quiet about. And so I think there's going to be I think there's going to be something that comes out that people have have been waiting for in the end of the year here. All right. Who or what that might be. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Are either of you going to pull if it's any of the rumored units other than Bargello? Uh, I don't know. I'm yeah. you know, I'm on the fence about Leon um, just because uh, that merchant is a class where I could use some help. Sure. knocking out the tower yeah i don't know that i have the, the gusto to get through ex5 with my current team either i don't have leon or krauser or yeah or and the new <laughs> the new elite fights where oh, it's clear it in three turns and everybody's second turn that you see posting about it is oh just take roll. your spear team yeah your roland and your krauser will take care of it oh, yeah the ones too. the ones i saw were like the two options are use a sword team, revive the sword team, use them, <laughs> and then use a fire team. Uh-huh. And it's like, that's the only ones that I saw that don't involve a a spear team. And it's like, well, that requires you to have like, you know, use the revive early, hoping you'll get there. And that's uh, dicey. Yeah. Or I saw one clear that was just, well, that was just kill it with fire. Just over and over and over again. Yeah, just over and over. Yeah, I think a lot of the fire... We have some very strong fire units, especially with Frederica. I think the problem is a lot of those rely on her A4 um, to really maximize output, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is the part of the content we've started to hit where it's like, I think there's a little bit left to do as low spending or free players as we are right like you you guys were or are global pass holders i'm free to play it's starting to get to that point of like man that content really is a4 content for a while yeah Yeah. it's to the point now where it's like okay the stuff i'm you know and i'm uh my pass has lapsed at this point and i have not renewed it yet but the the stuff I'm pursuing now is like, okay, it's like, I must be strong enough to beat Largo now. And it's just like, I have to find yeah, the right mix of units and mm-hmm. do it. And I just haven't, right? I need to find the right mix to do the hell duos. And I just haven't wanted to spend the hour and a half that it takes to make team the team, perf- to team or, comp, to make the team, to get or the to allies. Like, like, even ignoring the allies and stuff, it's like, make the weapons. It's like, you have to yeah. like go 
make all your hell weapons good. I haven't done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like I have a bunch of like half sold ones. Yeah. And it's like eh, good enough. But like I haven't spent any time like actually making them good, getting the rolls that actually you would need, you know, the damage to uh demons up or whatever, right? Like I don't have any yeah, of that. Sixteen percent damage ups times three. Yeah, the nice thing about the at least the hell weapons now is that all of those souls are in the exchange. So you don't have to farm for the souls anymore. Uh, you have to farm for soul dust though, so well, sure, but like there are limited sources of that. You can only your, do so much. Your soul dust is uh, coming real good off those tower exchanges now that I don't need to buy the 5,000 point uh, uh, accessory anymore, right? It's just oh, like, yeah. oh, I got all these extra ones. What do I want? Tickets? No, soul coins, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to want tickets, I think, because uh, at some point we get an upgrade to spending tickets, which is you can use 100 at a time. Yeah, I mean, I have 500, 600 something tickets, but yeah, if you're using 100 at a time, uh, those will evaporate quickly. I've got like 900 banked because I hate doing, (laughs) I hate doing the boards. But yeah, Uh, I won't be pulling unless it's Barcello, and I'm already worried that it's going to be and I won't have enough. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. There's no reason to not be positive and assume it's going to be another unit people want that's not one that I need. I feel like they'd be really rough to run two memory traveler of memories right back to back like that. Yeah. 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 That would be a lot. I feel like they would, they, a sacred blaze feels more likely. Cool. Um, it's official. My team decided at the very end to throw up all over itself. And I have now officially lost my game. So we're going to end with some fantasy football. JJ, did you get cut? Uh, the cuts have ended in that league, okay. so I have not been cut. But uh, with only 110 points this week, uh, it's not looking good. That's a low number in that league. I didn't have a single player break 17 points. The highest score on my team is Christian McCaffrey with 16.3. That's rough. Uh, my highest scoring player was my defense <laughs> oof it's one of those weeks it's minnesota so you know three zero win uh, <laughs> that shutout. out that's some they points got, they got 20 points but you know they had some sacks they had a bunch of sacks fumble recovery interceptions but uh green bay let the giants beat them bad and so yeah. jordan game love, winning game winning field goal jordan love has eight points after scoring 20 for the last four weeks, got eight points against the Giants. Well, here what I'll, here's Andy what I'll tell you how I knew it wasn't going to be any good. You know who didn't play in that game? Uh-oh. Christian Watson or Aaron Jones, both Uh-oh. out for the Packers. Uh, Man, that I was a, a sign. Wish I had known. Though I didn't find out about Aaron Jones until like 3 p.m. today. So, Well, was, I didn't. I had Matthew Stafford as an option, but they were playing Baltimore, which I thought was going to be a low-scoring game. Reasonable thinking, but yet. (laughs) (laughs) Overtime, 37-31. Wow. I thought playing matchups mattered, but I guess not. Not anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm in the playoff, but uh, it looks like I'm going to have to play against a team that hasn't lost in 10 weeks. 
just like me who hasn't won in 10 weeks. <laughs> oh, is that boy. true? It might be true. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if people have also had bad beats this week or if they want to uh, talk about Super Mario RPG with us. Or if you work for Major League Baseball and you can explain to me how at all the Otani deal is fair. I don't care because the Angels are never going to win ever again. So it's not for me that I'm asking. I'm asking for the 30 other teams that care about how the heck that's fair. Uh, folks can send those questions to uh, Rob Manfred. FLB. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's if you, the... If- the other questions can come to podcast at weweregamers.com. Uh, podcast yeah. at weweregamers.com. That's our email address. Send it to us. Uh, we are curious. Um, and then, you know, CC the, the MLB guys, but we're, we're the ones who matter. If and you Google Otani's you know, find name, us on Facebook and all those places. If you Google Otani's name today, the number two. Hmm, hold on. Here we go. We'll, we'll work up from the bottom. Are you ready? From the bottom. Otani contract details, and we're working our way up. Otani net worth, Otani news, Otani age, Otani jersey, Otani Dodgers, Otani Dodgers jersey, number one hit, Otani contract legal. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow.